So what we're going to do is we're going to read the Bible, and then we're going to explain it and apply it. So if you're new to sanctuary, one of the things we do on Sunday morning, we just like read the Bible, kind of an old school thought there, and then we explain it, and then we apply it. So that's what we're going to do this morning. So we're going to be looking at Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, and uh, I'm going to read verse 1, then you're going to read a different translation of verse 1 also. I'll read verse 2, the NIV, New International Translation, then you're going to read, again, the same verse, verse 2, in the New Living Translation. So if you would stand to your feet, if you're able, I'm going to read. This is inspired by God, breathed by God, to the Apostle Paul, says in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. Father, thank you that we're here. Thank you for everyone that's gathered and those gathered online. Thank you that your word is living and it's powerful. There's nothing like it in all the earth. And so, Father, thank you that we can hear the voice of God through the Word of God. Thank you that you are an awesome Savior. There's uh, no one like you that's loved us with an everlasting, unstoppable, magnificent love. Thank you that you gave your life for us. And Father, as we turn to your Word, I pray that you would uh, attune our hearts and our eyes and our minds and um, enlighten our understanding. Help me to be clear. Help me to be concise and to the point. And so bless the hearing of your Word. May it impact our lives and accomplish the purpose whereunto it's sent. In Jesus' name, amen. So the title of the message is A New You in 2022. This is a call really to give yourself over to God. It's a call really to consecration. And so if you notice on the screen here, the first word that we read is therefore. And you wonder, like, why is the word there? Like, what is the purpose of the therefore? Well, it's a connecting word. It's a word that marries what has been said in 11 chapters of teaching and doctrine and theology, marries that to what is going to be in the next five chapters of practicality. So you can see, here's how you practically live out all that doctrine and theology and teaching there. And here's how you now put it into practice. So it's a transitional chapter here. So it's marrying then all of the instruction of the past chapters to all the application of the next ones. Therefore, we're being challenged now to live this out. That you're marrying all the learning now to all the living. You're marrying all of that belief system into your behavior, all of the doctrine into doing. And so let me say this, if you're a Christ follower, there's got to be a therefore in your life. There has got to be a therefore in your life where you just don't come and hear it and go back to your life as if nothing happened. And that's essentially what Paul is saying here, that there needs to be a therefore that what you know comes to expression in what you do, how you live. You see, therefore, we all have all of these therefores in our life, all that you've learned in your life. Maybe you've been been at church, maybe you're new. 
maybe been a, been a year or two, but you've acquired all of this uh, learning, and now how are you going to live that out? It's absolutely transformative when you live it out, and that's what we're going to talk about. So I'm going to talk about the motivation for a new you. He says this, as you read, look on the screen or in your Bibles, I urge you. In other words, I plead with you. I'm appealing to you. I'm begging you. It's a very strong word, saying, I'm calling upon you. Upon who? Upon the brothers and sisters, that is the community of Christ's followers assembled there in Rome. It's timeless, and it's for us also. So he's calling us here today the same thing. If you're new to church, it's a great time to be here because you're going to learn about what it would look like if you were to become a Christ follower. I urge you then, I'm summoning you and pleading you, calling you and begging you because you've experienced, because you've experienced the mercies of God. So the motivation for a new you is the mercies of God. So Paul appeals to them by the mercies of God that you have in Christ Jesus. So what are the mercies of God? Like, like what's, what's that talking about? So when you think about that, you think about that God has been merciful to you and everything that you have in your life is because of God's mercy as a Christ follower. And so in, in other words, the mercy of God came to expression, God sending his son, and you are right with God because of that, to rescue you from your sin. He's awakened you by the Holy Spirit and called you to himself here, called you to faith. And so you have mercy of God that God, the Bible says in Romans, that God is for you and not against you, that you're adopted as sons and daughters of Christ. It says in Romans chapter 8, there is nothing that can separate us from the love of Christ, the love of God in Christ there. Shall tribulation or persecution or pearl. He says, no, in all of these things, I'm persuaded that none of this can separate us from God's love. That is the mercy of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There's therefore now no condemnation to those that live in Christ Jesus. So Romans 5, 1, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. And so now one of the mercies of God is that we have peace with God. We never had that previous to knowing him. And so there's still amazing grace. For by grace, you're saved through faith. An everlasting hope. He is for all times our everlasting hope. These are the mercies of God's friend. There's the power of the resurrection. The same power that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in you. You're indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit shall come upon you and you're given the power to be his witness. So all of this that is given to you the mercies of God. He says, in light of all that, now what are you supposed to do with that? And let me just say that the greater you understand what God has done for you, the greater will be your response. You'll want to respond to that. So it says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, because of the staggering, amazing, lavishly poured out upon you mercies of God, here's what you're going to do. So here's the, man, the manner of the pathway for a new you. He says, everyone, okay, by the mercies of God, check this out, these four words, uh, you present your bodies. Are you saying that God, like, wants my body? That's exactly what it's saying. God wants all of you. And so present your bodies, not just your physical body, but your mind, your emotions, your will yielded to God, surrendered to God. We're talking about your hands, your feet, your ears, your eyes, your tongue, all of you. Your, it means your whole being there. Every aspect of you 
Okay, Pres- to present. Okay, this is the word that talks about, it's a church word. It's a temple word that you're to present yourself as one would be presented, a, a sacrifice would be presented in worship to God, sacrifice to God. See, but now uh, you're giving yourself to God. Okay, your whole life to God is what it's talking about. It includes all of your humanness, all of your human faculties, all that you are. And so what it's saying is that God wants you to take your life and totally give it over to him, that he might use your life. So present your bodies, every inch of yourself, every ounce of yourself. So friends, that means that God wants your feet. How does that feel to know somebody wants your feet? Like <laughs> God wants your feet, okay? So he wants your feet that he, he could tell you where to go, what to do and where to serve him and where your feet would go. He wants your ears to hear his voice, to obey him. Okay, he wants your mouth and your tongue, wants to control how you would speak to your husband, your wife, your kids, your friends, your employees, your relationship, your relational circle. He wants to, to have a, a, a rule over that. He wants your time, your career, your work, your school, what you do in school. Okay, he wants your mind. He wants you to filter, be able to filter things through a mind that has been redeemed by God and to, to uh, make room for, react to the encroachment of the world's agenda that is in its ideologies, trying to shape and control and tell you how to think. So he wants your mind. He wants your eyes, what you look at, what you gaze upon. He wants your ears, what you, what you listen to. And he wants your hands, uh, what you're engaged in. See, God wants all of you. So present your bodies to God who wants all of you. And how do you do that? Well, here's how you do that. As a living, as a living and holy sacrifice. So here's what it's saying, friends. I'm to be living as a sacrifice for God. And the, the point is that you have to learn to die before you can actually live. Die to what? Die to your own plans and ambitions and aims and your will and completely surrender. Then you're free to live for God. In the Old Testament, then they had the the Old Testament sacrifices. You may have heard about that, where the sacrifice was always, watched, always outside of you. An animal, or there are other offerings, grain offering and all, but that was outside of you. Now what God is saying is it's not outside of you, it's you bring you as an offering. An Old Old Testament sacrifice uh, was never you. So now you're presenting yourselves and you are bringing yourself a living sacrifice. And then it says holy. And I get it. People like kind of, people kind of freak out a little bit about that. And uh, they, they get intimidated by that. They react to that. Holy, you know, I could never be holy. Friends, it's hagios in the original language, which means set apart. It just means when you become a follower of Christ, you are set apart. Set apart from what? Set apart from all the the emptiness seen. Set apart to what? Set apart to God's direction. Set apart to God's leading your life there, his purpose. And so you're to be set apart 24 hours a day, not just on a a one-time sacrificing animal there, which spoke of things to come, but it is consecrated to God there. So you are distinctly and unreservedly 
setting your life apart to God. When you get that, and that makes sense to you, and that like gains traction in your life, friends, it is transformative, and there will be a new you. So holy, in the original language, also means this. Taking something that is dirty and something that is filthy there and washing it and setting it apart then as something that is brand new and useful for a different purpose. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? That's a picture of what God does in you. Isn't that awesome? It's awesome, friends. And so to think that if any man be in Christ, you're a new creature. All the old things passed away. Everything becomes new. See, it literally means your life then when you become his follower, it's set apart for a special purpose, very special purpose. So, and it says this, and this is acceptable to God. So it means it's well-pleasing. Now, do you think that everything, every kind of worship, everything's acceptable to God? No, it's not, is it? You look in Genesis chapter 4, Cain and Abel. Abel had it going on. His, his, his um, offering to God, sacrifice, was acceptable. Cain, not so. And throughout the Old Testament, you'll read that it was not acceptable to God many times because people acting religious, and there's no heart connection to, to what they're giving to God. And so they just were not into it, and they were disengaged from what they were doing, and just going through the motion, God said, that's not acceptable to me, that's not well-pleasing to me. And so the word acceptable means literally well-pleasing. Think of this, friends, if you, if you filtered everything through your life of a grid, of, is this pleasing to God? Is it pleasing to God? How that, would, how that would be transformative in your life there? So it says this. It says, present your God, yourselves to God as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Watch. Which is your spiritual service of worship. Your spiritual service of worship. Now, what does that mean? Like, like, like what's going on with that? Well, that word there, spiritual, literally means, in the original language, uh, logical logical. Like, like this is the thing that you would logically want to do to give yourself your body to God. In other words, it is the rational thing to do. The sane, sensible, intelligent, reasonable thing to do in light of what God's done for you, all those mercies of God, it would be illogical not to give yourself to God. It would be unreasonable, unintelligent, insane, and nonsensical to not present your body before God there. It's saying this, saying logical, in other words, do the math, friends. Do the math, okay? Make a, a chart there where you have what's negative, what's positive. Okay, what's an asset, what's a liability? So let's just do that. So he's saying, like, look, okay, what are the liabilities that are off the books? No longer off the, on the books, okay? The liabilities would have been, wow, okay, like, my guilt, my sin. I was without hope. Um, I was under condemnation. I was uh, the enemy of God. I was unforgiven. I was dead in my trespasses and my sin. That's a pretty significant list of stuff there that was just wiped off the books, all those liabilities. Then you look at the assets, the assets of forgiveness of sin, right standing with God. Now you have peace with God. You have the indwelling Holy Spirit. You have a new heart. You have a new mind. You have a new eternity. Not bad assets, friends. Huh? Can anybody agree? Not bad assets. So it's saying, look, there's the liabilities. There's the assets. It's just logical. This is your spiritual worship that you would do this. Look at what you've gained and look at what you've lost. And in light of that, give yourself to God 
as a living sacrifice. I mean, it's just intelligent. It's just a smart thing to do. Not to do that is like, it's like brainless. It's like not thinking in light of what God's done for me. Not to respond back to that. So we talked about the motivation, giving your life to God. We've talked about the manner. Now we're going to talk about the mind of a new you. Watch what it says. And don't be conformed to this world. So what does it mean to be conformed? You know what it means there, where you just kind of comply, where you go along with, where you follow, where you adhere, where you defer to, where you drink in mindlessly, just complying with the world. And we're going to talk about that. So what he's saying is this, literally, don't be squeezed into the mold of the world. In, that, in this context, the values of the Roman Empire saying the culture, don't be squeezed into to the culture and it's thinking there. Don't be conformed to the world system there that places great external and literally systematic pressure on you to conform. Isn't that true today? Either you conform or what? You're canceled. You conform or you're canceled. It's systematic, friends. What is happening in America today literally means this. When it says conform, it means to take a die and stamp metal. It's like they, that's, what, that's what they want to do there. An outward conforming, squeezed into the mold of the world. So he says, don't be conformed to the world. In other words, letting the world push you around, telling you what to think, uh, that, and they hate it. They can't stand it when you don't think what they want you to think. So what does it look like not to be conformed? Literally to resist the lure trying to pull you back into systems of thinking that you've been rescued from and saved from. Literally, it means don't be conformed. Paul says, shun the pressure. Make choices. Take a stand. So what is the world? It's not just like the planet. It's not talking just about that. It's talking about the evil world systems, talking about that tells you how to think and tells you what your values should be. And your opinions and your aims, your aspirations, uh, your, the agenda that you need to follow, the perspective you need to have, the mindsets you need to have. So that's what they're telling you to do today and then. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 2 uh, summarizes this when it says this, you once walked, you being the community of Christ followers in Ephesus in Greece, or you being online watching. Were you being here this morning? It says, you, what you once used to do, you once walked. In other words, that was your lifestyle there, according to or dominated by the course, or that is the spirit of the age, okay, of this world. That's the values and telling you the things that you should be doing. The world seeking to influence you. The world, friends, seeking to control you and exerts great pressure from without to get you to do that. And so what he's saying here, Paul's saying, to stop being continually informed, assuming that there was, that process was going on. He says, stop being conformed and be transformed. No more conformity, but be transformed. The next verse, verse 12 says, but be transformed. Now, how are you transformed? In your mind, the control center, be transformed in your mind there. And it's present tense. It's present tense, ongoing, continual, non-stopping, being transformed. 24-7, being transformed. That's where, I, that's where we get our word metamorphosis from. Do you get it? 
Like God is saying, hey, like I want to do an inside job on you, like metamorphosis. Like the tadpole becomes the frog, like the caterpillar becomes a butterfly. We get all that. God says, that whole deal? Yeah, like that's what I want to do inside you. I'm going to transform, metamorphosize you in your experience. And so where you're being changed on the inside. And friends, we know that the battleground is the mind here. That you be transformed by the renewing then of your mind. I just got to say this. As I I was pouring over this, wrestling through it, I I just wrestled through the whole thing and saying, God, what, what are you saying? This is what I felt. What I felt. Tell them the only way to survive not being conformed is that they would be transformed. Because the world is fiercely trying to control you, control your mind. So transformed is not just a change like we can't transform ourselves. It's not an external transformation. It speaks of internal. It's a work of God's spirit. So to be transformed means literally to be transformed in your inmost, inmost nature there. The basic meaning is changing into another form Metamorphous, but on the inside. Not some superficial deal, but vital, life-giving, life-changing, change on the inside. And again, it's present tense. It means continuous, day-by-day, gradual changing. That's a picture of, of the Christian life, friends, being transformed. Watch. Here's what I know to be true. Many people reach a point where they kind of reach their level, and they stop metamorphous. They stop being transformed. I, you know, I go to church on Sunday. All right? I, go to, I go to young adults or small group or whatever. And that life just becomes it. That, that defines life, Christian life for you. This is saying, look, there's so much more that God has for you. He wants to actually transform you, metamorphosize you on the inside, totally change. The truth then of God's word gets inside you, gains traction and a, and, and a greater hold on your life, stirred by the Holy Spirit, and that transforms you. Watch. By the renewing of your mind. It's talking about changing the way that you think there. How you think about what? How you think about life. How you think about relationships. How you think about marriage. How you think about life and death and God, and material things, and how you spend your money, and work, and all of that, okay, renewing your mind there, watch that you would, you would actually then have the potential to see life as God sees life, therein is, is wisdom, but the mind being the control center, con- controls everything about you, your attitudes, your actions, your thoughts, your feelings, your choices, your directives there, everything controlled by the mind. So the Bible says that God wants to renew the real you, your, your mind there. I think one of the ways you say, well, how, how, like, how do we do that? I think one of the ways you want to jumpstart that, if you want to jumpstart that, we talked about it two or three weeks ago, where we talked about Scripture and memorizing Scripture. It's not that hard to do, and I know you can do it. We actually did it a couple weeks ago together. But... Um, so you memorize it, like the Bible says of David. David said, thy word, like I took your word, and, and it just wasn't out there, but thy word, I put it in here, thy word that I have hid in my heart. And the result of that is that, God, as I do that, I'm not going to be so a lifestyle of sinning against you. It's transformative there. And so the renewed mind allows you to see life as God sees it. Here's what I think. Okay, in the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. 
He created man and he said, let us create man in our image. But then the world says, sin entered the world, the world says, no, none of this God stuff. No, none of this, you know, created in God's image. No, we're going to redo that. We're going to stamp a different thinking on them. Or we're going to get them to conform to our image, to the world's image. And then Jesus comes uh, on a mission of redemption and he says, no, I will transform you by the renewing of your mind. Oh, it's, it's so great, friends. Renewing literally means renovation. We, we all get that. Renovation. You renovate your house. You renovate a car there. It's the renovation of the mind there. And it's through the word, okay? It's the, it's renewed, it's the renewed mind then that resists conformity to the world and allows itself to be transformed. Talked a few weeks ago about our relationship to Scripture. We talked about we need number one, Love it. Number two, learn it. And number three, live it. That's what we need to do. And so that will be transformative. You will see a new you emerge. So then it it concludes with this, the end result. Here's the bottom line. You want to know the will of God? You want to do the will of God? Here it is. That you may prove what is the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. A lot of people will say, I just want to know the will of God. Like, friends, we just have unpacked the will of God. Here's the will of God. That you be not conformed to this world, that you be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you will prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Your, your life then becomes an expression of God's will. How amazing would that be this year? So to prove means then, speaks of like, prove in your personal lifestyle and your experience there. The renewal of the mind is necessary then for the purpose of, of proving what the will of God is. Secondly, it says it's acceptable, which means it is well-pleasing, literally, to have a transformed mind. And then it says that it's good. This literally means that it is beneficial. It's beneficial for your life, the will of God. Like, it's not going to be drudgery. Your best life is the will of God for your life. I remember one time... I was, in, uh, I was on my first mission trip in the, in the jungles of Mexico. And Dr. John Hall, a surgeon from Shreveport, Louisiana, was giving us our, our assignments. And he said, I need a couple guys that are like really in shape. And I looked around. And I, was, I was in shape back then, okay? Maybe not so much now. But I was in shape then. And I looked around, all these guys, you know, they just were out of shape. And I, I shot my hand up. There's some weightlifter dude named Jim. Shoots his hand up. He goes, there's my guys. He goes, I'm going to send you into the most dangerous place in all of the jungles. And I thought, can I decommit? Can I, can I decommit? But, oh, crumb, what am I doing? I'm like 23. And I'm thinking, what am I doing? The beginning of my career is going to be the end of my career. He said, there was a price tag for my head where I'm sending you. They had to float me down the river at night because they wanted to kill me. There's communist guerrillas in the jungle. They will, they will have guns and that's where I'm sending you. <laughs> what did I sign up for? And then he said this. He said, but the safest place to be is in the will of God. And you are going to be in God's will, and you'll be okay. And I took that, and I ran with it. We were okay, and I saw communist gorillas, and it was a little freaky, but we were okay. We were okay. But what he's saying here is like, look, here's how you can do the will of God. The will of God is good. The will of God is well-pleasing to God. 
And it's perfect. It means it's complete. It's whole. It's lacking in nothing. So if you say yes to God's will, think of it. Your life will be lacking in nothing. Friends, if we do this, we talked about here, uh, this is how uh, you, you can experience a new you, a transform, transformative work of God's spirit. So if you want to know God's will, present your bodies. Don't conform. Surrender your life to him. Don't let the world shove you into its mold there, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you might prove what is a good and perfect and acceptable will of God. And friends, this is the word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Let's stand to our feet as we worship. And Father, thank you for your word, which is a light unto our feet and a lamp unto our path. And we pray, accomplish the purpose that you have for us that have gathered here in Cala Mesa and online. Father, I pray that we would continue to hear your voice through your word, even after we leave here, that we continue to hear your voice through your word. In Jesus' name, amen.